This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. What would you do if all of your crushes suddenly found out how you felt about them? It's to all the boys I've loved before, and this film is lit. Well, welcome back to This Film is Lit, a podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. This week's episode, sorry we didn't have a prequel. We were both sick and out of town. Yeah, sick, In combination. Didn't really have any interesting ideas for a learning things segment. <laughs> All kinds so. of things co- uh, kind of combined for no prequel episode. Mainly, you were in bed sick all day when we would normally record the episode. Yes. That was the biggest thing. I was asleep. <laughs> yeah. All day. Uh, and then I got a bit of a cold after that, so it just kind of ended up getting scratched. But, you know. Also, there wasn't... We I did the research on the movie. I found like eight fun facts. And they, weren't, yeah. they were like, who made the movie? So it wasn't that interesting anyway. So, anyways. We're going to get on to our normal episode uh, i think we got a good one here it was an interesting movie and we'll obviously talk about how we felt about it throughout the course of the movie or throughout the course of this episode in the review uh my, my brief overall it was, it was cute yeah it's cute it's cute it's not, not amazing not bad just kind of okay pretty good and cute so that's like the five five word answer <laughs> for how i felt about the movie uh but we're gonna get into we have all of our normal segments right uh, yeah. So we have all of our normal segments, including Guess Who, for the first time in a while. The triumphant return of the Guess triumphant Who. return of Guess Who. But first, we're going to get to. No, we normally do Guess Who first, or do we get to Let Me Sum Up first? We do Let Me Sum Up okay. first. Okay. We're going to get to Let Me Sum Up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Uh, the, the movie did make some changes, which obviously we'll talk about, but mm-hmm. I think the basic. Like plots are similar enough, similar enough that, that I, I don't. One. Yeah, I don't think we both need to do a let me go sum up because I, I think they'll be the ears. same thing. I'm not going to plug my ears this time. Go for it. <laughs> um, all right. So the basic uh, plot of the story is that um, Lara Jean is a junior in high school and she's kind of shy and quiet. She hasn't really had a whole lot of like experience. Um, and uh, she does this thing kind like of social experience, right? Social that. experience. Um, and she does this thing kind of like keeping a diary where like when she has a really big crush on a boy, she writes a love letter to him and she keeps them all in a hat box inside of her closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so there's love letters to a couple different people. Um, but one of the kind of most important pivotal ones is that there is one to her older sister's boyfriend, who was also a family friend. So she, like she liked him before he right. was dating her sister. Yeah. But obviously that's something that she really does not want to ever see the light of day. Right. Um, so but one day she discovers that somehow her letters have been mailed. Mm-hmm. So everyone that she wrote a letter to now yeah, has, has that letter, letter. Yeah. Um, including her sister's now ex-boyfriend because they break up 
close to the beginning of the story. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, like, the most popular boy in school, mm-hmm. um, who has also recently broken up with his longtime girlfriend. Well, in maybe in the book, in the movie, they're still technically together. At the very beginning. At the very beginning, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what ensues are some kind of rom-com hijinks yeah. where uh, Lara Jean and the popular boy, whose name is Peter, pretend to be dating, um, partly like from her perspective in order to like throw off her sister's boyfriend yeah. so that he doesn't like want to talk to her about it. Yeah. Um, and also partly to, um, make Peter's ex-girlfriend like, super jealous. Cause he yeah. wants, his, that's his, head right. that's his deal, motivation. Basically is he wants to make her jealous so that she'll get back with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, hijinks ensue, sort of rom-com yeah. hijinks. Yeah. Um, and throughout the course of the story, they of course eventually develop feelings for each other. Um, a lot of other stuff that we'll talk about happens. Mm-hmm. Um, some and, drama. Yes, some drama happens. Um, and at the end of it, she ends up... Spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't seen it. <laughs> if movie. you haven't seen it. If you want to watch a cute, fun rom-com right here, go for it. It's an hour and 40 minutes. It's on Netflix. Like I said, it's pretty fun. It's pretty cute. I don't think you'll be upset that you watched it, but you. Mm-hmm. it's also not like a must-watch in my opinion. Uh, unless you really love this genre, then I could yeah. see how maybe, it, you know, potentially. Yeah. Uh, so she ends up like realizing that she has legitimate feelings mm-hmm. for him. Um, and then the ending of the book and the movie are slightly different. So we'll okay. leave that for later. And we'll get to that later. That was Let Me Sum Up. We're going to get to the triumphant return of the game show portion of this podcast called Guess Who. Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Okay. Real quick, I'm going to explain how this section works. In case you're joined us with Lord of the Rings or something like that and you haven't been listening and haven't... I mean, we played Guess Who in the first Lord of the Rings episode. But mm-hmm. let's say if you've the last few, you have tuned in lately and you forgot how it works or you're new or whatever. The way Guess Who works is that Katie is going... I have not read the book. This is also the premise, but this is in the intro. I have not read the book. Katie has. Katie's going to read the descriptions of certain characters from the book. And then I'm going to try to guess based purely on my movie knowledge which of the characters she's describing mm-hmm. from the movie, you know, which crossover characters uh, she's describing and see if I can get them correctly. See how the movie portrayed each of the characters yes. and what they changed and what they didn't change. So that's how this segment works. So we we like to see maybe how accurate yeah, how the accurate. casting was. Yeah. All right. And the character design. All right. So I have five here. Mm-hmm. He looks like the kind of guy you'd expect to be good at computers. The kind of guy who calls comic books graphic novels. Brown hair. Not a special brown, just regular brown. Green eyes that go muddy in the center. He's on the skinny side, but he's strong. Okay. Uh, Just going on this one without knowing, you know, because I don't know what other descriptions are going to get to eventually, because... But my, my first inclination... Uh, and boy, I may forget some character names. <laughs> I, I think it's Josh, um, which I think is the right name for the neighbor who was dating Margot. Yes. Is that his name? Yes. That's my guess. That's correct. Okay. Because <laughs> my only other real guess was uh, the who's not really in the movie, which we'll talk about, is the um, 
just because of the the graphic novel part and be good at computers is the model UN kid. Mm-hmm. But we see like half a second of him in the movie, right, and then right. well, he shows up at the end. But, yeah, uh, it's spoilers, but yeah. So that yeah, that was kind of what I figured. And now we don't really get much of his character in terms of like what he's into in the right. movie. We don't really know if he's into like right. comics or computers or anything. He's just he's just there. There shows up in a few scenes, but uh, I can I can see. You. Yeah, he's got brown hair and he he's skinny but slightly muscular, I guess. So nailed it. <laughs> All right. Um, so we've got a, a description. This next one is a little bit different because um, Lara Jean is a romantic. All right. He has the look of a handsome boy from a different time. He could be a dashing World War I soldier, handsome enough for a girl to wait years for him to come back from war, so handsome she could wait forever. He could be wearing a red letterman's jacket, driving around in a Corvette with the top down, one arm on the steering wheel, on his way to pick up his girl for the sock hop. His kind of wholesome good looks feel more like yesterday than today. This one's very simple. It seems very obvious to me that this is Peter Kavinsky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think the movie nailed him. Um, yeah. He's... And, unless I, because I know one of, I will say this now, I, I know one of the um, criticisms of the movie is that I think, I believe in the book, either it's, I don't know if it's described or people assumed or what, that more of her love interests or the main characters were of Korean descent or something like that. Is that not a vibe you got from? Because I remember reading criticisms about the movie that they were that they there was no like no uh, guys of like Korean descent or or, oh. or whatever or Asian American. Uh, no, descent. no, there's not in the book. Really? Okay. Well, then maybe I don't. Maybe I misread an article, or maybe it was an article. I don't know. I could have swore I read an article about uh-huh. people being upset about that, but I could be wrong. I mean, I think there was some criticism about that, but that that is something that the movie like. Got just right adapts directly yeah, from just the adapts book. Directly okay. from All the right. book. Um, okay. There's, I mean, there's there's Josh, there's Peter, um, and there's um, the other uh, Lucas. Uh, Lucas, yeah. Who in the book is described as biracial? Okay. Um, yeah. But I guess they never technically say like what race. What race? Yeah. He could, yeah. It's biracial. Yeah. And would she? Could be in the movie. You know, they don't ever right. discuss yeah, it. Yeah, they don't so. ever discuss it. So uh, okay, I was just wondering. Uh, but anyway, so um, but uh, so that being said, uh, disregarding that because again, we don't really know for sure what any, any of that was supposed to be or whatever. Uh, that nails it. That the guy I think has a very timeless yeah. handsomeness about him. He also has a scar on his face mm-hmm. that is like very like I feel like they read World War One soldier part and they were like, yep. Find this kid who's got a scar on his face, like he's came home from the war or something. Like, yeah, he totally fits that. Where you could definitely see, like, you could, he's one of those guys that you could, especially with his hairstyle and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like kind of generic enough that you could put him in a World War One outfit and like take a black and white picture of him, and he would look yeah, like he would fit like, in, be a yeah. very handsome soldier, or he could wear modern clothes and like, yeah, exactly what the the book description yeah. says. So I, they nailed his. Uh, his casting, although he's old, the actor. Uh, that's a common problem in this movie, which we'll get to. But uh, he is like the actor was like 25 or something yeah. instead of 17 um, or 18. Which is also not uncommon in no, teen it's not movies. A, not at all, no. She's petite with fit arms and sunny blonde hair, the color of margarine. Boy, OK, so without knowing what other descriptions we're going to get here. 
because this could be this could be three characters. My phone thought I said Siri. What did I say? I said something that must have sounded like Siri because my phone turned on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what I said. Uh, this could be three characters uh, or two at least. My guess is that it is. And now I can't remember her name. Um, so Jen is Peter's uh, girlfriend at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. And I don't think it's her. She has like lighter hair. It's like brownish in the movie. Um, but she is petite and that could fit her. But her hair is not margarine colored necessarily. It's not sunny blonde. Yeah, it's more like a brownish blonde. Yeah, but so the other character is the, the cousin of her and her like seemingly best friend of in the movie. Uh, and I can't remember her name. What's her name? Her name is Chris. Chris. Uh, so it's either I would go with Chris or Jen just based on main characters that matter. I, it could also I think that's the only characters it could be. Both of her sisters have dark hair like mm-hmm. her, like Laura Jean. So it's probably not one of her sisters. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Jen, but I don't know for sure. But I'm going to go with Jen. It is Jen. OK, you're doing really well. I'm crushing it so far. You are. All right. Next one. She's blonde, but peroxide blonde. Okay. And she's taller and has broad swimmer's shoulders. This would have made it easier for me if you'd done <laughs> this one first, because that is uh, 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 not Claire. What did you say? It was? Chris. Chris. Yeah, that's Chris. Yeah, that's the best yeah. friend. Yeah. Uh, or uh, little uh, Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> she looks like a <laughs> young Amanda Seyfried. She's got Seyfried, that face. Like-esque. Yeah, where her eyes are like giant. Giant and a little far apart. Yeah. And like, yeah. She looks like young Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Or really young, uh, what's her name from, um, she she reminded me of this character or this actress a lot uh, in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The uh, that uh, she's also uh, Miracle Max's wife in. Oh, what is that actress's name? Oh, shoot. It's uh, you know, what I'm talking about it's Carol Kane. Carol Kane. Yeah. She looks like a young Carol Kane, like her yeah. eyes and her hair in this movie. And like the way she especially because mm-hmm. the makeup she does. She has a really dark eye uh, like wing or Could not. do like a, a movie about uh, a woman growing up and cast yeah. her and Amanda and then Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, and, then and then Carol King. King. They really could. They could do Boyhood <laughs> and not have to wait 20 years to, to film it. Yeah, they really could. Because I was the whole time I also I was like, man, she either looks like a young Amanda Seyfried or a young Carol Kane. Yeah. I think that's the right actress's name. But you I know what we're so. talking it's, about. People know It's that or it's something very close yeah. to that. Yeah. All right, All last right, four one. Four for four. He has sandy hair, clean cut. His cheeks are rosy, just the way I remember. They still have that fresh scrubbed wholesomeness that makes him look so young. He's wearing khakis and a light blue button down Going with a navy crew neck sweater. I don't know this character's name, but that's the model UN kid when he shows up at the end of the movie. It is the model UN kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, who has the best name ever. What is it? It's John Ambrose McLaren. Do they say that in the movie? They probably yeah, do. They I just do. didn't remember. Um, and she always calls him by his full name in the book, which is another thing we're going to talk about. I have about. a note about this. I know. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> she always calls him by his full name, but like I would too if yeah. I knew somebody named John, John Ambrose, Ambrose McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, that's a heck of a name. All right. Five for five. I will say it was pretty easy. I think if you had, well, see, if uh, you could have maybe mixed up 
I don't know if you could have mixed it up the order much to confuse me because I think mm-hmm. no matter what you did, I was going to get it because putting some of them earlier would have made it even easier. So I don't know. These are in the exact order that they appear in the book. I, I know, didn't try which, to trick you this time. Yeah, because sometimes that makes it easy because yeah. they're also the order they appear in the movie. So it kind of like my memory triggers in the yeah. same order. But sometimes, though, it can make like if you had put the peroxide blonde first, I would know who that was, I feel right. like. So like that would make it easier to guess the other girl. But yeah. But Anyways. you got that right anyway. Yeah, I got it right anyway. So it doesn't matter. So there you go. All right. Five out of five for Guess Who. How did you guys do if you if you watched the movie <laughs> and didn't read the book? Hopefully you have five out of five. Let's move on. I got some questions. We're going to do, was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? All right. There's a fair number of questions that I have about this that I want to know if uh, the movie added it or if they stayed faithful uh, in their adaptation. First question, and this was almost a lost in adaptation, but the movie does kind of explain it. But I'm just interested to see if it's the same in the book. Are Lara, Josh, and Margo, which if you're not super familiar, Lara is our main character. Mm -hmm. Josh is the neighbor uh, crush of Lara and the boyfriend slash ex-boyfriend of Margo, who is Lara's older sister. Um, which I know she's older sister, but are they all slightly different ages in the book? Because in the Mm -hmm. movie, I was a little confused at first about how old they were all supposed to be because we see them and Margo and and Josh are dating. Yeah. So I assumed they were the same age, but then we get a flashback to Laura and Josh as kids and they seem to be the same age. Mm -hmm. And now ultimately it makes sense because what we get find out in the movie eventually is that they don't ever explicitly say it, but it kind of parse it out is that Margot is a freshman in college or yes. going into college. Josh seems to be a senior mm-hmm. and Laura seems to be a junior, which makes sense then that they're all within a year of each other, you know, stepping up. And so it kind of makes sense that she has a crush and they hung out together. But it also isn't weird for Margot to be dating Josh, you know, a senior yeah. and a junior in high school. It all kind of eventually added up. But I was a little confused at first. Is that how it is in the book? Yeah, that's exactly okay. how it is. Cool. Because, yeah, like I said, it was just for me at first. I was like, what is going on? What is this? Mm-hmm. I was just confused. But it. It all made sense. I think the thing that made it more confusing for me, and we'll get to this a little bit, is that Margot, the actress who plays her in the movie, is uh, looks like she's 25 or like yeah. in her early 20s easily. And yeah. so, I, but then they do say she's going to college, but she looks so so much older than them. Uh, and then I looked, googled it because I had to look up, and I was like, I knew I recognized the actress, and I looked her up. That actress was born the exact same year as me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm 31, which means she was like 28 or 29 when this movie was made, playing a a 19 year old yeah and again she looks good like right. she doesn't look old or anything yeah, but she, uh, she doesn't look like an 18 or 19 no year i old. had i had a note about that it's um janelle parish yeah who's which if you're one of she was in um pretty, pretty little, little liars, liars yeah. forever and she's one of those actresses that like frequently gets cast as teenagers yeah. even though she's older which as we've said is not uncommon period for, yeah, yeah. For period for a movie where teenagers to have them be played by 20 somethings yeah. um and i my note was literally like she still looks good but she's starting to look too mature yeah she just to looks too mature yeah. yeah she doesn't look old no she doesn't look she old she just looks too mature she doesn't look like a teenager yeah 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 and like like four or five years ago like it like if she was 23 to 24 mm-hmm. 25 i think she could pull it off a little bit better and we'll talk about, i mean we might talk about it again but like the the actress who plays laura is not 17 or 16 no. she's like 19 but she she pulls she, off yeah, that, she age, pulls that off, teenage yeah. middle teen age she doesn't look 
as worldly. No, no, she looks. She, she. And we'll talk about that's one of my favorite. She is that actress is one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. But uh, anyways, so yeah, it was a little bit strange for me. Um, it's also a little interesting because, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I, you know. But because there's there's arguments to be made in multiple ways, but the act that actress uh, she's of mixed descent. I think she's Canadian, but she's uh, she's Chinese American or Chinese Canadian, mm-hmm. um, playing Korean American in the movie. And it, it just would it seems to me I guess maybe as a bankable name they went for because it seems to me you could find a, a Korean American actor. Are we talking about? Are we talking about Margo? Margo, a Korean American yeah. actress who's roughly the right age. Right. She's not the main character. It's not. You know what I mean? It's right. not like. Well, yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if maybe the motivation was a familiar a face. familiar face of like because there are like and they're all aiming the for other... pe- that target of the the kind of audience that is into Pretty Little Liars is yes. the target audience of this movie. Yes. So like, you get so, it. So yeah, maybe just a recognizable face. Um, but yeah, I was kind of, I was watching it and I was like, were there no other? Yeah. Well, it's also, there's not even Korean American, just like Asian American actresses Well, you say that, but that's also a thing that is, gets, that gets problematic in Hollywood a lot of times is that they just sort of like, they're like, well, you're Asian American, so you're, you can play any Asian. Like, you know what I mean? No, I know. And I, I definitely, and I think there was some, some kind of. La- backlash about that um, because I because we talked about that with Crazy Rich Amer- yeah. uh, Asians that there was discussion of like well we have certain different ethnicities playing yeah. other ethnicities because because to Americanize their yeah. Asian act you know right. so to us without knowing much better it's just like nah they're all the same you know it's not but like my point was just like is this like the person that we're always going to go to right, here? Yeah, yeah. Like, is there no one else right, yeah. that we could cast? Yeah. I, again, I think it is. It's definitely one of those things of like, we're looking for this audience. This yeah. is an actress who is in a very popular thing. That's a similar audience. So we'll throw her in this role because she doesn't look completely out of place. And I will say, She's she if you if you look at her and and Lara Jean and her sister, they don't look like wildly. They look close enough ish to be sisters in the same way yeah. that like vaguely feasibly like white related. people look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like feasibly maybe related. Well, that doesn't mean anything because in so many things, I mean, when you look at siblings, half the time they don't even look related, so it doesn't really That's matter. True. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like I say that, and then it's like so, yeah, I don't really look anything like my sister. Yeah, as I mean, so many times <laughs> siblings don't look that related, so I don't. It doesn't really matter, but yeah, and whatever. It's I just thought it was strange. All right, moving on. Does Margot have a weird thing about Laura cleaning up her room and about cleaning rooms in general? She gets on Laura a lot in the or a couple times in the early part of the book about cleaning her room. Because she needs to be a good role model for their younger sister. And also, mm-hmm. uh, Laura goes on to explain that um, Margot is, this is a thing she does. That she, when she moves, she's moving on, she's moving to college, she's moving to Scotland to go to college. And she's like getting rid of all of her old stuff, sending it to Goodwill. And mm-hmm. Laura makes a, uh, a comment in the movie about how that's part of her personality. Is that she, when she's moving on to the next stage of things, she just throws away everything from like the you know the previous mm-hmm. stage of her life basically um is that like a, a character trait of Margot in the book um the cleaning the room thing i don't recall that coming up specifically in the okay. book um 
Margot is supposed to be kind of like a parent type of a role because she like took over when their mom died and like took over a lot of that kind of responsibility. Yeah. Um, especially since their dad's a doctor, so he, he's working a, a lot. lot. Yeah. Um, so I think that was like the movie's way of showing kind that. Kind of a parenting. Yeah, like, like a like, parenting thing. Yeah, you, you're. I'm. I can't be around to take care of things anymore. So, so you, you have to take clean your things. room. But it, but they also made an explicit point in the in the book movie, like I said, of it being a character trait of hers of d- throwing away things mm-hmm. from her past. That is not in the okay. book. Interesting. I don't dislike it. I don't know if it necessarily pays off in any real way in the movie. Yeah, I don't think it does. That I recall, but I could be wrong about that. So, Okay. This 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 is a little interesting. In the movie, there's two specific moments that I recall of sort of strange, surreal humor. Uh, one of them is that she's uh, she's trying to eat lunch. Uh, Laura Jean is trying to eat lunch, and she doesn't have anywhere to sit because her friend's not there, and uh, some other stuff has happened. Oh, Josh, who she would normally sit with, uh, is awkward because of the letter thing, maybe? I can't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, and then so she goes to sit in the library, and she's in the library, and she starts eating her lunch, and she has, like, carrots or something, and it's loud and crunchy, and then everybody looks at her, and she sees a sign on the wall that says, no loud foods or something like mm-hmm. that and then she leaves and which is like a strange scene i mean it's played for a joke but it's a little bit strange but to me it feels one of those things that's like obviously no library would have a sign that says no loud foods it might have a sign that says no food but yeah. like no loud foods so it's a little bit of like a surreal uh thing to kind of hi- um heighten her her level of uh un- um like feeling awkward. Feeling awkward, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's another moment later in the movie where she literally falls off the first, second story of their building off the roof and lands in a bush mm-hmm. and like goes ow and then gets up and runs away. Uh, and they're two particularly like surreal yeah, moments, kind of cartoony. cartoony moments that are the only ones in the movie and it doesn't come back anymore. And I was thinking, I was thinking like, okay, that could be interesting if they kept going with that at times yeah. throughout the movie, they kind of just abandoned it after yeah. the second one. Um, but is that any element of the book that, um, neither, neither, no, okay. I, at least it didn't seem to me like okay. it had that kind of sense of humor and neither of those specific things are from the book. Okay. Cause I wondered if like maybe in the book, if it was like, if there was some, because what I could see them doing in the movie is if in the book it was some element of her imagining these scenarios happening uh-huh. or something, you know what I mean? Like you hear her imagining it or I don't know. I'm trying to, and then the movie kind of just does it mm-hmm. and then uses them again as a sort of surreal uh, humor element to the yeah. movie. But yeah, I, I figured maybe it was just a movie ad, which it would have worked better for me this particular thing if they just would have kept going. Uh, yeah, it. I think if they had kept going with it, it could have been like an interesting like almost like heightened sense of yeah like awkward things yeah. happening to yeah. her and i think you can do that i think you could yeah. i think they could have done that and have been successful and i think it would have worked i think that this like they wrote those in and then they forgot about that and they just like wrote the rest of the movie yeah and didn't spice any more of that in it's a little strange okay does the little sister have a dope feminist necklace no oh which we'll talk I mean, about the little that's sister never more. Mentioned, at least. That's what I meant. We'll talk about the little sister more. Uh, she's a fun character, and it's her. My problems with her character are not unique 
to this movie. Mm -hmm. That type of younger sibling character is a a romantic comedy, especially a teen romantic comedy trope. Yes. The, like, overly aware, overly intelligent, overly uh, comical younger sibling is a classic... Like like uh, Juno, mm-hmm. I think had a or no, um, Easy A had like uh, yeah, right her little like her adopted brother bit, yeah. was like similar. Uh, it's a pretty common thing, but uh, she did have a dope yeah. feminist necklace. That uh, I yeah, was and cool. like a um, a why is beyond their ears yeah. kid is yeah. a is a common rom com trope in general. Yeah. I think right, it is. Yeah. Uh, this line specifically, I thought was a very funny line. Uh, again. We'll talk about this more in general. Some of the dialogue in the movie is we'll talk about what my feelings on it. But I do I, it's still funny. The line is, if you need me, uh, this is uh, they're in gym class and mm-hmm. the uh, the gothy, not gothy, but like the alternative. Her friend. What is her name? Chris. Chris. <laughs> Chris. The, her friend, Chris, uh, is they're like running. And then uh, Peter Kavinsky comes up to talk to Lara Jean and, and Chris is like comes up with an excuse to like leave them alone and she says in the movie if you need me i'll be i need me i'll be in the nurse's office with a migraine googling justin trudeau shirtless which is a hilarious line it kind of captures some elements of 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 high school i feel like the faking Uh a headache to get out of gym class type of thing and And it tells us a lot about her tells us a lot about her i like it as a line it's a very good character line for her it's if not slightly unreal, if if not feeling very obviously written by a room of like professional writers mm-hmm. versus like a thing a fifteen year old kid would say, but mm-hmm. like okay, um, is that line in the book? No. Okay, it felt like a writer's room line to me, yeah. so that doesn't surprise me. Speaking of overall, does the book suffer? Because this is maybe my biggest complaint about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably. Is uh, the movie really suffers from the quote unquote kids don't talk like this or like this is what uh, 30 year old writers Mm -hmm. wish they talked like in high school Mm -hmm. type of thing, Um, especially the 11 year old, especially uh, Laura's younger. What is her name? Kitty, Um, especially her younger sister. uh, Really, really suffers from this. But uh, not only talking, but just like her emotional maturity mm-hmm. as an 11-year-old. I'm not saying that 11-year-olds like this don't exist. It's just it you know, she's that she's the trope of a, yes. a, a incredibly emotionally mature, incredibly um uh, intelligent and articulate 11-year-old who just you know, is 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 a trope and a cliche at this point, but um She's not the only one. They all kind of have this. All, almost all of the actors and actors, mm-hmm. all the characters in the movie have this. Even Laura Jean and the main characters, I think at times, they all feel more like, and, and again, maybe this is me, and I maybe, I, maybe I'm either misremembering my childhood or I did not have a typical <laughs> experience of being a, a preteen or a teenager, mm-hmm. is that they all talk like college-age kids and not like high school-age kids to me. Or like... To me, mm-hmm. a lot of the times, the conversations they have and the emotional maturity with which they approach a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie, mm-hmm. not all of it, but a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie and just the dialogue they have a lot of times to me feels very much, if you're writing this for college age, sure, like I can buy this, but for like the 16 and 17 year olds, it just feels a little bit false, like a little bit, uh-huh. a little bit uh, elevated into a way that that 16 and 17 year olds don't really discuss topics, but I could be wrong. 
So I have some thoughts on this. Okay. Um, this is somewhat an element in the book. Okay. Not so much with with Kitty. Um, and she's also I'll talk about it in a minute. But they aged her up a couple years. Okay. So so you're saying not so much with Kitty in the sense that she's not as tropey as yeah. she is in the movie. No, definitely okay. not. Okay. Um, I think that in the book this is mostly just an issue with Lara Jean. Um, but I do think that that kind of trope that like kids don't talk like this trope feels more natural when it's first person point of view and you're reading it. Okay. Because it's more like you're inside that person's head, I guess. Right. Um, and I, I also think it can be kind of explained away through like personality um because she is like a romantic and she's a big reader and that kind of thing so we can kind of explain it away through that now yeah my other thoughts on this are that i think we do end up with this kind of trope more often in movies than we do in books and i think that's probably the case because there is a team of writers right working on it yeah. so there's a room of people bouncing ideas off of yeah. each other and editing each other's scripts yeah. and etc etc yeah it depends on the project but yeah it's usually to, at least to some extent there's definitely some collaboration going right. on where, rather yeah. than just like one person right. sitting around thinking up dialogue on their own yeah yeah, I mean that does happen with with scripts, and I, I don't, you know, you never know exactly how each script was, but but there's a lot more of, you know, there's a chance that there was a writers' room and there was yeah. people sitting around punching up the script and 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 tweaking dialogue to make yeah. it funnier and that sort. Of, you never know, like you never really know. Like I mean, I guess you would, yeah. know, you could you could go in and talk to the people and figure out if there was, but like I wasn't able to find any research about you know how the exact production processes this movie but very often that is the case that there's some writers in a room that punch up a script right no i don't know exactly how this script was written i would just that's what i surmise is the reason that this tends to be more of a thing in movies than it does in books in my opinion yeah Um, that makes sense the other kind of counterpoint ish that i will put to that is that um the absence of kids don't talk like this is bella from twilight what do you mean We've seen the Twilight movies. It's been so long that I... It's um every other word and pauses oh. and like awkwardness, yeah. which is true, but also like kind of painful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough to strike a, a, a good balance. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because, you know, yeah, it, it's a tough, it's really a tough balance to strike be, between how kids actually talk versus what's... N- interesting to watch on yeah. television uh, you know I, I think I'm trying to think of examples I think Stranger Things does a pretty good job mm-hmm. of not not usually not feeling like these are there are elements of it obviously mm-hmm. at times and it's because of the heightened nature of the show in general that you know with the right. fantastic elements are already kind of dealing with stuff that kids don't have to deal with but their general like interpersonal relationships on the Mm -hmm. show always felt pretty like reasonably like their age you know what i mean yeah um because yeah they're you know like movies like easy a and stuff also feel very similar in that they're like kids don't you know nobody's this quick-witted and 
sarcastic <laughs> at every turn and like not even the, it's not even like the quick witted jokes and punch up jokes and stuff to me. It's just the emotional maturity with which mm-hmm. these people have these like deep conversations about like their parents and dead parents and stuff. And I know people like I'm I'm sure I had those. I know I had conversations like that as a 16 year old, but they were not only rare, I feel mm-hmm. like, but they were also with very specific people. I feel like in a lot of these movies, they, and they're also not near, they, there was no way they were as eloquent as the people, which again, I (laughs) get it. It just feels, you know what I mean? It just feels like, yeah, I I think, and especially with a rom-com, I think we, we are watching a heightened sense of yeah. reality. Because that's true of all movies, to be fair. Yeah. Like, you know. Com- like, adults don't yeah, talk uh, like that adults, either. <laughs> adults don't generally talk that way either, but they more closely talk that way yeah. than than a 15-year-old does. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, I guess is my point. But anyways. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. And again, I, I calling it out in this movie, but it's not this movie. It's every, almost every single yeah. teen movie ever made suffers from this uh is lana into stuff from the 80 laura sorry not lana i don't know why i have lana i think lana is the actress's name oh that is the yeah. actress's name you have you did that in here a i'm sure times. i did that a couple times because i had the imdb open to look yeah. at like the different names and stuff and yeah sorry lana plays laura uh is laura into stuff from the 80s because she's in the movie she's and it was a bit of a for a second, it was a bit of an eye rolly, cringy, like I'm not like other girls moment. Like mm-hmm. I like because because it's like this is set in modern times, and she's like, I like Sixteen Candles. What you've never seen Sixteen Candles? Yeah. But then they he does it to her about Fight Club, so it balances out, and I got what they're doing a little bit. Because um, then it when it especially when it's Fight Club for him, it made it feel very much like okay, I see what you're doing, writers. Like they're both cringy. Like that's kind of the <laughs> point. Uh, because there's no way that kid understands Fight Club. No. There's zero percent <laughs> chance. He seems like a very nice kid in this movie, but there's no chance that he understands the, the subtleties of Fight Club and what that movie's going for. <laughs> uh, what that story's going for. If you want to know what uh, what Fight Club is trying to say, you can listen to our episode. I don't yeah, remember was, which uh, number it was. But way back when. Way back when, but we talked about a Fight Club we and did. about how it's not what most people think. Not most people. What shitty toxic people think it's about (laughs) (laughs) um she does like vintage clothes in the book there's like a specific mention of yeah like liking vintage clothes but there's nothing specifically about like stuff from the 80s um and 16 candles is not Not something that comes up okay cool do they write rules for their relationship uh so this is a cute scene uh i think it might telegraph the end a little bit too much in general, I think my biggest problem with the movie, or one of the problems I have with the movie, not biggest, maybe. I don't have a big problem. I have a lot of little kind of problems that just kept it from being great, in my mm-hmm. opinion, as opposed to just pretty good or okay. Um, is that they, they their, their chemistry is so off the charts, and they flirt so hard in every scene they have together. It's immediately obvious from the first time that Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean talk to each other that they're going to end up together. Mm-hmm. And so, I I mean, I like that they're doing that with this story. I think the movie would have benefited from having that build a little bit more over the course of the film, as opposed to just immediately be me being like, oh, well, they clearly make sense together and they should just be together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, and and the first time I noticed it was in this scene where they write like rules about their like fake relationship and what they should do or how they're going to go about it is that scene in the book. 
Yes, they do write up a contract with rules. Okay, and then, uh, cool. We'll get to my next question here very shortly. Yes. In a couple questions. Uh, is the book obsessed, and this is, we talked about this earlier, is the book obsessed with saying, like, all of the names of the people in the movie? <laughs> so this happens several times in the course of the movie. Uh, mostly Laura Jean. They say Laura Jean all mm-hmm. the time. But they also say Peter Kavinsky all the time. She says Peter Kavinsky every time she says his name, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned earlier that the... Of John Ambrose McLaren. John Ambrose McLaren. She says yeah. his full name every time. And I think there's other instances of people saying... I know there is because I wouldn't have written this note otherwise. I just can't remember exactly what they are. Of people saying like full names of people. Like the dad says Peter Kavinsky several times. Uh-huh. Which I think is more of a dad thing, which kind of makes more sense yeah. to me. But whatever. Um, anyways, I, does the book do this? All right. So, yes, somewhat. Okay. Um, Laura Jean's name is just Laura Jean. She just, like, has two names. Okay. That's why everybody calls her Laura Jean. Okay. I, I, fair enough, I guess. I just... To me, that's I mean, a first name me, and a middle like name. A, a, like a... Uh, Mary Ann or right. Anne Marie. But those are normally hyphenated. Or Mary Jane. And hers isn't hyphenated. Well, I don't make the rules, babe. Uh, that's fine. I'm not I'm not saying they're always hyphenated. And that's fair. I guess I guess for some reason I don't know. I guess for some reason, maybe because I looked at IMDB mm-hmm. and maybe it says on IMDB like Laura Coat whatever whatever her last uh-huh. name is. Um it didn't have her middle name. So like Oh, maybe that's how the credits are written. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe it it felt weird in my head that they're calling her Laura Jean all the time when actually uh, that is just like her name. That's just her name. That makes sense. Okay. Um, And then the mother, like the main character that it happens with is Peter Kavinsky. I mean, aside from John Ambrose McLaren, but like I said, you would just always say John Ambrose (laughs) McLaren. Yeah. Because that's a that's like a Civil War name. Yeah. Um, but Peter Kavinsky, um, they do call him by his full name a lot in the book. Mostly Laura Jean. Um, and obviously it's from her perspective, so we're going to get a lot of that. Um, I think this is maybe just to, like, emphasize that he's, like, the big man on campus, kind yeah. of. No. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah, and that makes sense to me because there is, I totally get it. I guess it was just I noticed it enough that it felt a little weird to me Mm -hmm. because I do, her saying Peter Kavinsky and the, there's something about it and I don't know how how to word this about her calling him that that feels very, um, I'm trying to think of another example. It feels playful and I don't know how to word this. It makes sense for her character to call him that because she's not really friends with him and he is like the popular Mm -hmm. guy and her calling him Peter Kavinsky feels like it makes sense. Mm hmm. I guess I, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It does totally make sense to me, and I get why you would write it that way. I get the sort of, impl- like, the the weird implicit playfulness and, like, almost not reverence, but, like, because there are people that I've known that I always called by, like, their last name for mm-hmm. whatever reason, or sometimes both names. It's rare, but I'm sure I can think of somebody if I thought about it long enough. And so I kind of get... 
it to me it feels it's funny because to me it feels like a a specifically flirty thing to do. Yeah. To call somebody by their first and last name mm-hmm. almost to annoy them in a like flirty way if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. No, I totally get do what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I could see that um anyways. Okay. And there also is a thing in the beginning of the book where she talks about how he used to be Peter K mm-hmm. and then he starts going by his last name when he like becomes cool. Yeah. So we could factor that right. in as well. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we talked about it a couple questions ago, but this is another one I want to talk about. It's the ending as telegraphed. Um, and now the, the ending basically does still end exactly how I expected it in the movie. There's a little bit of stuff going on, but so the main, basically from the word go, as soon as Peter Gavinsky gets her letter and then they decide to do this fake relationship, they flirt so hard in every scene and they have such good chemistry together. And, there's there the movie leans in so hard the whole time to them being like perfect together mm-hmm. um that it just feels i felt a lot of times like what's the tension in this now we get some tension later on towards the end of the second act beginning of the third act you know where that turn is at the end of the second act but it just feels so obvious to me that like oh okay She's just clearly going to end up with him. Like, sure, maybe we're going to get some tension between them at some point that's going to put things on the rocks for a bit. But the, ultimately, that's because, like, to me, where I thought the story was more going to go was play much more of the dynamic between her and Peter and Josh. OK, yeah. And then the movie kind of just plays her and Peter and Josh is like shows up in two scenes. Right. Yeah. And then basically at the end of the movie goes, yeah, you like him. Go be with him, which is cool. And I like that little it's not a twist, but it potentially kind of is in the movie of Josh just being like, yeah, you should be with him because we all they almost set it up like he wants to be with her. But then the movie doesn't go that way, which I liked and we'll talk about maybe. But I guess in the movie, it just felt so obvious to me. And I was like, okay, worst case, they're going to have, they're going to break up for like a few days and then realize they belong together, which is exactly what happens. And so I, I wonder what it, what, I guess what the main, if, how that compares to sort of the main tension and dynamic in the book. Okay. So you called it with the book. There's a lot more tension with Josh. Okay. That makes way yeah. more sense. There's much more tension between him and Lara Jean and there's more tension between her and Josh and Peter and like that whole dynamic. Um, now I, the, I will say the book and movie endings are different. Yeah. Um, so the book ends with her starting to write Peter a letter, like realizing that she has legit feelings for him and it ends with her starting to write him a letter. And that's probably what we get at the end of the movie. Well, she does write him a letter. That's what I mean. Is that that, that book, like, that's, yeah, sorry. Yeah. They probably just took that and expanded it, and that's what. Right. Well, and there, there is, there are two more books right. in this series. So yeah. I haven't read book two. I don't know, but they might have just dipped into book two. Yeah. For that, like, final scene where they're on the lacrosse field. I have right. no idea. Um, but also, I mean, I, it doesn't really bother me, like, kind of knowing where it's going to end up because it is a rom-com. So, like, I, I know that it's headed towards a happy ending where they end up together because that's the standard for the genre i I, that's fair i i'm not so much that i i felt like i was upset that i knew where it was going so much as 
I was just expecting there to be more dynamic tension between her, Peter, and Josh. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been... I, I, and that's why I call the movie cute as opposed to, like, really interesting and good. Mm-hmm. I think if they'd explored that dynamic more and the tension between uh, her her old crush on Josh and this new thing with Peter, it's just in the movie all we get pretty much is, oh... Peter's great. He's a great yeah. guy. He's great. He's A+. plus. He gets along with her sister, their family. He, she gets along with his family. He gets along with her family. Uh, he He's cute with her little younger sister. They get along great. They're, they're, they're great. Like, it's just great. Clearly, they love each other, and they're great together. They should just be together. Josh is like a side... Like, he's... He's set up in the beginning as the more important character mm-hmm. and then is by the end of the movie not important at all. Other than to tell her to be with Peter, which felt like cool. Like I like that they give him that and or that that's where his character goes. Does he do that in the I didn't I don't know if I asked this or not. Does he do that no. in the That's not in the book? Because I thought that was cool, because I thought the movie was kind of going a different direction. But um which I don't know if I have a note about. Well, let's talk about it now. So in the movie, I legit thought that they were going to turn, potentially turn Josh into like a weirdo, mm-hmm. into like a creepy, possessive weirdo uh, who would then that he was going to be the one that took the video of her. Oh, yeah, because the one the one uh, we never find out in this movie, do we? Who did it? Oh, not for sure. No, no, because what's her name? Jen insists it wasn't her. Yeah, I thought. We were going to find out that it was Josh that he because we didn't know whether or not he was on the trip. I mean, he could have mm-hmm. been. He's a senior. He could have been on the trip. I thought we were going to find out it was him and that he did it to break them up because he wanted to be with her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, well, I thought it was going to take a dark turn with him. And he was going to be like this weird like he actually does like her and he thinks that Peter's not good enough for her and blah, blah, blah. And it would have been weird. But like I thought that was where it was going to go. Yeah, That would have been a really different turn. Yeah, I kind of thought that was the where it was headed. Um, and then when it didn't go that way and he just kind of also turned out, I thought it felt more realistic and less like pretty little liars, like drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 so, but it also just like, was like, okay, cool. He's so his character was just around. And again, some of my problems with this movie aren't necessarily problems with it, it's <laughs> some of those elements. I actually kind of like that. It subverts sort of traditional, um, what I was expecting from sort of a uh, a teen romance drama mm-hmm. in terms of like this guy, just her friend that at one point seems like maybe he's going to be kind of a creepy, like not creepy weirdo, but just is going to be kind of possessive and weird. And like, maybe this is going somewhere else. Oh, no, he's just a dude who just. Is her friend and is like, yeah, you like him? Cool. Go be yeah. with him. Like, it just, there's no drama there, but I, it, like, cool. There's no drama there. Like, I kind of like that. And stuff like that, I, I kind of enjoyed um, about the movie, but it also wasn't what I was expecting. And I think the trailer maybe did a slight disservice to this. I was fully expecting a little bit that the, the mystery of who sent the letters was going to be more central to the story. Yeah. From the trailer. Yeah. Again, that's just from the trailer because I, I watched the trailer. And I hadn't read the book, obviously, or anything like that. And I didn't know anything about the story. And I felt like the trailer made it seem a little bit like maybe there was going to be more mystery and intrigue and like her trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be a little more like Love, Simon. 
in yeah. like the mystery element of it. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. That was kind of what I was expecting is a little bit more of like a mystery romance mm-hmm. than like just a straight up like rom-com, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Yeah. Because it's very clear from the beginning that it was her sister to us, the audience. We're like, oh, it was her sister. Like we know right yeah. away. And so whereas in, in Love, Simon, it's a mystery to us who the the secret letter writer is and then it gets twisty turny and we oh it is this you know yeah so i was expecting more of that and what we got was more of a straightforward like just like sweet love story rom-com thing which is fine it was just i think maybe the trailer maybe did a disservice to me of what i went in expecting Mm -hmm. um and again it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the film i still enjoyed it i just think maybe i was expecting a different type of story than what ultimately was delivered um so yeah Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought to expect that. Yeah. Because I read the book. Again. Yeah. Having read the book. Sure. But if you just watch a trailer and especially because in my head, I'm kind of comparing it like the last like teen rom-com I saw probably was like Love, Simon. Yeah. So I was like kind of comparing it to that, which was more of a mystery. And this one just wasn't. Was yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Fine. The line specifically, this specific line is in the movie. It's in the trailer. It's a funny line. Uh, her dad is telling her to have safe sex and he gives her a bunch of condoms and he says, don't forget to have fun. And she turns around and says, yeah, well, I have a lot of rubbers for that specifically, which is a very funny line. Uh, also feels like a writer's room line. But was that in the book? Not in the book. Because it was a writer's room. Line. <laughs> cool. Uh, moving on. Do they go on a ski trip and stay in a hotel by themselves with the seniors as chaperones i don't understand who the chaperones <laughs> were in the movie they literally go on this retreat to a like a weekend ski uh, resort tr- trip mm-hmm. and seemingly because it's the one guy who's the friend of peter right uh-huh. who she met earlier in the movie who shows up and he has all the, the room keys and he says, they told me to make sure you slept in your assigned rooms, but I don't give a shit. And he throws the keys everywhere. And I'm like, is he in charge? What is happening? He's a, he's a student. Were there no adults or teachers or what What? What was that? Is All that right. in the book? Um. Well, they do go on a ski trip. Okay. But there are definitely teacher chaperones. Okay. In the book, which, like, I mean, that makes way more sense yeah. because, like, what school would ever? Well, yeah, never, 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 never. Not I was a million, so blown away. Years. That's why I was like, what is happening here? Like, they just completely, there's not a single adult in that, in any of those scenes. There's not one. Yeah. It was so strange. Okay. Because, yeah, because, like I said, seemingly just some random senior is in charge of all, all of the students. And I'm like, what? No. Okay. <laughs> And also, the senior that they put in charge is, like, one of the jock kids from the <laughs> the lacrosse team or whatever, I assume, because he's friends with Pete. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. They didn't even put a nerdy kid in Yeah, charge. they didn't even put somebody like Lara Jean in charge. I mean, she's a junior. It's just, yeah. All right. They should have got Margo. Yeah. Put her in charge. Well, she's in I know. She's college. in college now. <laughs> she could have done it, was my point. Very strange to me. And I was just like, well, this can't be what happens in the book. <laughs> it's not. Is the second act low point? So this is at the end of your second act. This is when your characters are at your lowest. This is when the, all the fallout happens, uh, and then they have to re- fix everything in the third act. In this movie, it's because of a scrunchie mm-hmm. and a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. 
Is that what happens in the movie? Uh, the scrunchy thing. Sorry. The scrunchy thing is not in the book. Okay. Um, the low point is Lara Jean um, is upset that Peter either started the rumor about the hot tub or didn't or didn't do anything yeah. to stop it from spreading. Does he ultimately uh, have the same moment in the hallway where he, or or that moment similar to in the hallway in the movie where he yells at everybody and tells them no that nothing happened. Because I liked that moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, so it, it was one of those things where it felt a little trivial to me. And I always, so not trivial. I always kind of, those those kind of plot points, and it's a rom-com classic. This movie doesn't shy away from yeah. playing the tropes. But yeah. the, the sort of miscommunication where I heard you went to your old girlfriend's room last night. And he goes, no, let me explain. And she doesn't let him explain. And then they fight and they're upset and break up is like, I get it again. It's a trope. It's but it drives me crazy because he doesn't even try. He doesn't like if it's me in that moment, I go. She goes. He instead of going, let me explain. I go. I went over there to break up with her. That's what I say. Instead of let me explain. Yeah. Let me explain. Let me explain. No, I don't want you to explain. Oh, come on. As she walks away. No, I stop and I go, hey, no, I was breaking up with her because I love you. But nope. Okay. Like, and so that, that kind of always drives me crazy in those movies. But, but that being said, the whole scrunchy thing and the, and the miscommunication also feels adequately trivial and stupid and teenagery yeah. for a bunch of teenagers. Like that does feel right for their age where a stupid thing like her having a scrunchie that that Laura Jean had and was like her favorite scrunchie and Peter had at one point and then the ex-girlfriend got it and now Laura Jean thinks he gave it to like that totally makes sense for me for like this would cause drama amongst yeah. teenagers. So that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, I get that, and I, I I like that. It's just that whole, like, miscommunication where it's like, just say the thing to her. She's right in front of you. Just say you are breaking up with your ex-girlfriend instead of saying, oh, no, let me explain. Oh, no. Oh, okay, bye. Like, wh- <laughs> all right. Final question for was that in the book. Do we ever get to see the other two boys? Or sorry, because didn't she write five letters? Yes. But one of them we know return was to sender. returned to sender. Okay, I saw that and I thought that's what happened with one yeah. of them. But I was just double checking because she gets one. That I thought that's what it was, but yeah, they don't really go over in the, the back, movie. And then there's Josh, there's Peter, there's Lucas. Okay. And then we never see uh, the UN kid. Yes. But then in the movie, sequel bait, he shows up. Uh, we get our happy ending where she and uh, Peter walk off and kiss. Uh, and they're together and in love. And then... Uh, Somebody knocks on the door of her house. Her little sister answers, and it's John Ambrose. John McLaren Ambrose McLaren <laughs> with a letter and a bouquet of flowers, and he's there to talk to Lara Jean. Credits roll. Sequel bait. Fun. Fine. Uh, is that in the book, or do we never see John Ambrose Hoyt in the book, um, or Hoyt? I don't know why. <laughs> McLaren. I don't know. Why. I don't know. John, John Ambrose Hoyt felt right to me. I felt. <laughs> equally snooty i don't know <laughs> anyways sorry um actually in the book she does briefly interact with him when she goes to a model un meet mm-hmm. um the scene with him at the door isn't in this book but again it may be in, Maybe the, sequel. in the sequel okay cool all right and then the is the return to sender the same thing 
where one of them's just yeah, returned one to of them gets sent back. Do we ever find out? Maybe in the sequel, we find out what was up with that kid. Kenny from church camp. I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right, that was it for was that in the book. Let's go on to Lost an adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Was it lost? Yes, yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. Josh, at one point in the movie, and I don't know if there's any more of this in the book, but Josh, at one point, they're having a discussion about halfway through the movie where he comes over to talk to Laura Jean, and he's upset because she sent he read the letter and he he wants to talk to her about how it is and he wants to still be friends with her, but she's like, I don't know if I'm gonna be friends with you because it's all awkward and weird now, and then blah blah blah, like back and forth. And eventually he says Josh says, if I'd have known I'd lose both of you, I wouldn't have. And then she cuts him off and says, don't finish that sentence. Mm -hmm. And then walks away and the scene ends. And I was a little confused. Now, I think part of my confusion in this is that at this point, I was still unsure of like what Josh's deal was. If he was going to end up being like if he was going to end up being kind of weird and like wanting like creepy and possessive of her or 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 not. Or, you know, I didn't know what his deal was. So I, I didn't know if there was like more to that sentence than mm-hmm. than sort of imp- the movie meant for there to be or not i don't know so what what is your feeling on that, um that so scene? i don't recall that scene being in the book okay so i can't really speak to it from a book perspective my best guess would be uh i would have never dated margo in the first place that makes sense because they're arguing the context of the scene is that they're arguing about um, cause she, specifically, uh, Lara Jean says, uh, we can't go back to how it was before yeah. you were dating Margo and we can't go back to how it was while you were dating Margo. So him saying that kind of makes sense. Right. I was just, wasn't quite sure. And I said, I think mainly my confusion was because I didn't trust this dude. I think the way he plays this character and like maybe the tone of his voice feels aggressive mm-hmm. and like toxic. And I was expecting that yeah. to go somewhere. Yeah. You know and what I, I mean? I think, I mean, I didn't like super get that vibe from him, but probably because I read the book. May, yeah. Um, but I also think it doesn't help that there's not as much, like he doesn't get as right. much screen time yeah. and there's not as much tension yeah. with him. Yeah. Cause like the few times we see him in the movie, it's like that where it's like, it's, he comes over and they like argue about stuff yeah. and he seems kind of entitled and weird and then he leaves. And then the other than like the next scene we see him is when Peter's over there and he like he's like, how long you guys been hanging out? Yeah. And she's like, or that's even before the scene. But he's like, how long you been hanging out? And Peter's like for a while. And and Josh looks all moody and angry about it <laughs> and like weird. And then like a scene later in the movie, he shows up and she's like uh, Josh shows up because he lives next door and Peter's leaving and and they're fighting Laura and Peter are fighting at this point and Peter and Laura tells him to leave and Josh like comes to her defense and is like gonna fight Peter or something like, yeah, and man, every leave. instance every instance of him of Josh that we get in the movie until the end of the movie he feels like this weird possessive toxic dude who like yeah you know what I mean yeah and, and I was like I don't know what this guy's deal is uh, and now I yeah it was so I yeah I think that's why I was a little confused there all right the other question I had for Lost in adaptation. And this gets explained, but boy, this took a while for me to figure out what happened here. And you have a big, long sentence or big, long thing here to discuss this. So the hot tub scene in the movie, in the movie, she comes to the hot tub. They're hanging out. She slides into the hot tub. She's wearing a nightgown. So Mm -hmm. we can assume maybe nothing underneath it. That's important. I I know that sounds like a weird offhand comment, but potentially important. (laughs) Um, 
she slides into the hot tub and then she goes over and she's like seems to straddle Peter Kavinsky in the tub and they start making out. Yeah. And now seemingly they just make out like that from my first reading of the scene. They get out. She kind of gets on them and they make out and then the scene ends and they made out in the hot tub moving on. Then it, the movie goes a bunch more directions with or not directions, but the movie moves on. And, and then there's this thing where somebody shows her a video. Somebody took video of her in the hot tub and she says, oh, my God, I can't believe I accidentally made porn or something. Yeah. So, whatever. I don't know the exact she, she line. She says a sex tape. Yeah. I accidentally made a sex tape is her, the way she describes it. Yeah. She goes, I can't believe I was in a sex tape or something like that. And I was like, oh, were they? And so and then I'm like, wait, were they having sex in the tub? Because that was not what I got from the scene originally was that mm-hmm. they were having sex. But then I was like, I guess they technically could have been because maybe like she does kind of straddle them. But like and then I was like, well, that was in a hot tub. If so, they were not wearing protection. That was incredibly like and she yeah. seems smart enough to not. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she seems like put together and like. Yeah. Not to say that if you have unprotected sex, you're like not put like, I don't know, but like, but she, she seems, yeah. yeah, you know, you get what I'm saying. She seems like the kind of person who would be very cognizant of that sort of thing, especially with the dad, her dad and, yeah. and everything. And this is what we've seen of her character um, and that we know she has condoms and all that sort of stuff. She seems like the kind of person to be very uh, particular about that sort of thing. So I was like, well, wait, so were they having sex? And then I was very, but then eventually the movie does explain, okay, no, they were just making out. And then. People assumed they were having sex, uh-huh. though, based on them kissing. I guess, again, it's a high school rumor. People see a video of yeah. you making out in a hot tub. Maybe they scream because of the context of the trip. They assume you're having sex. I thought it was I was just very confused by all of this. What is going on in the book? Oh, right. So, yeah, I want to talk about this because it was so sloppily done. This was the biggest problem that I had. With I the thought, movie. OK, I'm glad because um, I felt so there's no video. Okay. Nobody takes a video and it doesn't get passed around. Nothing like that. Someone who obviously like saw them or knew that they were both down in the hot tub starts a rumor that they had sex in the hot tub and it takes off like wildfire because high school. Yeah. Um, And now (laughs) I, I understand why the movie wanted to add that element of like, oh, somebody took video and posted it on social media, like to make it current and topical and whatever. But like they did a bad job. Yeah, <laughs> they did a really bad job. Yeah. Um, and not only because like with her dialogue, it was confusing. Yeah. Like, obviously, it was confusing to you. Yeah. I mean, it does. The, to be clear. Not everything has to be immediately clear in a movie. Like, they do clear it up. Like, eventually it becomes clear that they didn't have sex and that this is just, like, a rumor based on the video. And so I got there in the end. I just, it took me a minute, and and I felt a little like, wait, what? Like, it kind of pulled me out of the movie in that I was confused. Well, no, but it was kind of weird that she would refer to it as a sex tape. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I felt like that was kind of a weird thing for a teenager to say. I think that's it. It, Because, like, it it was weird because she would have immediately been, like, if she saw that video and, and people are passing this around, her first reaction in that moment where she says, like, I can't believe I made a sex tape would have been, we weren't even having sex. Like, that would have been what she would have said. You know what I mean? Like, we were just kissing or something like that. Like, that would have been her reaction. And then I would have been like, okay, but... And I I also feel like maybe the people who wrote this didn't quite understand how Instagram works. 
because I mean, I think it's likely that she would know or at least be able to figure out who posted it. Yeah. Because right? like, well, most it's people on Instagram, have. Right? Yeah. You're right. Because you can see the account that posted it. And now to be fair, there's a chance that like it was a, maybe somebody she made doesn't. An anonymous somebody makes an anonymous account. But I still feel like you could probably ask around and figure out whose fake Instagram that is. Oh. Um, but also like then they just like sweep it away immediately with like there's a line it's <laughs> like they throw it away with this line um of like Margot sent an anonymous email have, to instagram that's not a thing yeah the anonymous that's email not, like you can report stuff sure but you don't anonymously email a social media platform <laughs> Here's what I think that is, and that that, that I've thought on it. I think this this is the that that particular moment with Margot sending the email and saying I sent it and and explicitly saying awkwardly I sent an anonymous email to Instagram and they're gonna pull it down because it's uh it's child child porn, porn or whatever, or whatever yeah. when even when it's not what I think the movie is doing and and kudos for them. I think they could have done it better, maybe, but I think this is what they're going for. Is they they're they're so they know their audience is at least to some extent uh teenagers, yeah, young teens, that sort of thing. I think this is like a PSA. Mm, I'm not okay. even I'm not yeah, even kidding. No. Like I think this is like, hey, if somebody puts a video on YouTube, if somebody sneakily records a video of you and puts it on Instagram and you don't want it out there, email them. Or send them an anonymous email. Have your sister or your, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I think this is supposed to be a scene where 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 young kids, young girls in particular, can watch this scene and go, "Oh, I can do that." You know what I'm saying? Which I think yeah. is a good thing to do, like yeah. to, to to put that idea in a kid's head that, hey, I remember in that movie that that her older sister emailed Instagram and they took that embarrassing video of her down or whatever. And so I think that's what the movie's going for in that particular Mm -hmm. moment. Again, it feels really like to us as like adults, we're like, we're like, what? What? That's really awkward (laughs) and clumsy. And the way it's worded feels very because it feels like I was like, I felt like I was getting a PSA. Like, I was like, what is happening? Well, I mean, like she could have just turned to the camera and been like, did you know that if an embarrassing video of you that you don't want on the Internet's out there, you can just email Instagram and have them? I mean, I just feel like, okay, no, I agree. I think that probably is what they were trying to do, and I agree that that is a good message to put out there. Yeah. But I also think that they should have used the correct terminology and been like, okay, we reported it. Yeah. It's sexually explicit, and it also features a a minor. minor, Right. So it violates violates their their guidelines, so so they're they're going to take take it down. down. Exactly. They should have done it like that. Yes. I don't disagree with that. Because your PSA doesn't do any good if you don't explain how to actually do the thing. And maybe that's a a bit of like them writing down where they feel like if they say it that technically it 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 the kids won't it won't make sense or something. Whereas if they say I emailed, but that doesn't make sense because that's what I mean. Yeah. See that, that, that's why I say this was so sloppily done. No, for sure. For sure. It was, I, like I said, I think they're going for like a good idea there. When I thought about it afterwards, because in the moment I also like chuckled along with you. I was like, what is happening right now? But again, I think I just email Instagram. I think they're, they were trying to address an actually like topical and prevalent problem of. No, I I agree. Teenager at a party and something, you know, whatever happens and they 
the video goes everywhere and not knowing what to do about it. This movie right. saying, hey, you can do something about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's what they're going for. So, okay. <laughs> Anyways, that was our Lost in Adaptation. Let's move on to Better in the Book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Right off the bat, um, I was not loving how... Uh, Lara Jean seemed like much more soupy over Josh right away because like part of the idea in the book is that her feelings for him are old and they're supposed to be like brought back to the surface like Uh, with the catalyst of Margot dumping him and her like being kind of like aghast that she would dump someone like Josh. And then that's all like kind of brought back to the surface. But it's one of the bigger indications that her feelings for him like aren't quote unquote real. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So like having it start off um, with her like. (sighs) Yeah. That is hard to do in a movie. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was some minor character assassination on Margot in this movie. Okay. Um, like she is supposed to be like the responsible pseudo parent, but I thought the movie kind of painted her as like a nagging stick in the mud. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not, I didn't get that a ton, but a little bit. I definitely didn't get, I think we didn't get enough time with her to see why, because at the end of the movie, when she shows up for Christmas, Lara Jean's like over the moon that she's back. Yeah. Whereas it didn't get as much of a vibe of their relationship. Yeah. To get that out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do get that. But I think the movie could have spent a little more time in the first 20 minutes showing us their relationship a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit, but I think a little bit more to kind of see what like how close they are and that sort of thing. Yeah. Would have been good. Yeah, um, and they, like the movie goes with like the clean your room thing. Yeah. I think if they had done it <laughs> clean your closer room. to like, because what the book does um, is like makes it clear that Margot kind of like keeps the household running smoothly. Yeah. So she like does the grocery shopping and she like plans dinner and that kind of thing. And then like throughout the book, we get like little things here and there of like, Lara Jean forgot to defrost the chicken, so I guess we're having pizza tonight. Right. Um, which I, I felt like made Margot come off a little bit. I don't know. The the whole like clean your room thing to yeah. me. Clean your room has been forever spoiled by Jordan Peterson for in me. In a positive so. light. <laughs> we don't even want to get into that, but anyways. Um you know what's funny? You say that the the we're having pizza tonight. Yeah. That line's in the movie. Yes. But it's in relation to like when when she gets mad yeah. about Laura Jean liking Josh. Yeah, but they don't Kitty mention the it. chicken, right? No. Okay. Because I remember that line stuck out to me and I was like, but why? Because I don't know. Because you're upset? Because she's mad. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I she's like, not going to cook now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But they don't set her up as being the one that cooks, no, no, so it doesn't no, no. really I, yeah, work. Because her dad's always cooking. So yeah. like, yeah. I was, okay. Um. So uh, in the book... Okay, well, in the movie, the reason that her and Peter kiss in seventh grade is because they were playing spin the bottle, and she kisses him. In the book, um, they're hanging out. Well, at they kind of f- kiss each other, but yeah. Yeah. They're hanging out at a friend's house, um, and they're like the last two there, so they're like alone in the basement together, and he just like kisses her out of nowhere, um, which I, I liked a little bit better. Um, really? Yeah. I really liked what the movie did with that. 
I, I don't hate the spin the bottle thing. Um, I thought maybe it was a little bit more indicative of like his character. Yeah, well, I guess my point is that I like what the movie does with her with with the spin the bottle thing with uh, the motivations for why um, Jen doesn't that it like does, that does come back in the book um, because Jen does end up like thinking that it was Lara Jean who kissed Peter instead of the other way around. Yeah. Um, which to me was also like kind of indicative of her character that like she would get this wrong idea and then like latch onto it. See, what I liked about it in the movie, the way they especially based on how the fact now now knowing that it's different in the book, uh what I think the movie does that I think is really effective with that moment by having it be a spin the bottle thing where Laura Jean they both kind of kiss each other like mm-hmm. like she but she like actively in, engages in it. You know what I mean? Like she's an mm-hmm. active participant. She she agrees to to do it. She's like, let's spin the bottle. I got to kiss him and then kisses him um, is that I like that it, it 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 I think it's an interesting and fun message. Not fun. It's an interesting <laughs> and important. I use fun too much sometimes when I don't mean fun. It's an interesting and important message in regards to um, you're you're always the hero in your own story. Okay, and yeah. that um, I think it it's a good message to give to younger or, or to especially to younger people to everybody straight up everybody honestly but just especially for, to instill it in younger children is that you know so this person who who who's like her rival in school who hates her and she hates him or and she, uh, she, Lara Jean hates Jen and Jen hates Lara Jean and they've never gotten along for a long time they used to be friends but now they don't get along mm-hmm. at all. And Laura Jean always thinks has always put that burden completely on Jen is that it's her fault that we don't get along. It's her fault that mm-hmm. we don't get along because because we were I was what I was playing spin the bottle and I kissed a boy that I whatever it was spin the bottle. It's not even but but the movie puts it back. And I think that scene's a really good scene and a really well done scene where Jen puts it back. Well, the acting's mediocre by some people, but <laughs> That's the acting in that scene's not amazing, but the overall scene's good. Is that Jen puts it back on Laura Jean and is like, "You kissed the boy I liked. You knew I liked him." Mm-hmm. And and Laura Jean's like, "Well, it, it was spin the bottle. I did what?" And Jen's like, "Yeah, but you still did it." No, I, I and and I, I, that, I like yeah. that moment of of Laura Jean having to then confront the fact that okay, maybe I'm not like maybe this isn't just all on Jen like mm-hmm. our. Are, are not getting along like maybe I did do something wrong to some extent not you know like maybe I should reflect on that a bit and think like maybe I should have said to her at some point over the last six years hey I'm sorry I kissed the boy you liked because mm-hmm. it's I it, the movie kind of makes it seem like she hasn't even ever addressed it with her like yeah you know what I mean yeah and to have her self-reflect on it and be like hey I, you know I'm sorry that yeah, I knew you liked him and I it was spin the bottle and you know, I kind of felt obliged, but I should have shouldn't have or if I did, I I'm sorry that I did that and that it, you know, made you upset and that sort of thing. Like I like that again, sort of uh taking into account the fact that yeah, in your story you feel like you're right all the time because everybody feels that way about themselves all the time, but then putting that back on her and being like, "Maybe not. You were perfectly innocent in everything you've ever done." Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I like that element of it. 
No, I agree with you. And I honestly, I could be convinced on this plot point. There was just something about like the way that it played out in the book that was like sweet to yeah. me. Yeah. And I haven't read the book. So I, you know, I'm, I'm only arguing from the movie's mm-hmm. perspective here. I haven't read the book. So. Um, so the first time that Lara Jean kisses Peter and the way that plays out in the movie is that like she grabs him while they're on the track. Yeah. And, like rolls him over and to, kisses him to get Josh yeah, to, to leave to get Josh to leave. Yeah. Um, so the way that plays out in the book is that he's coming down the hallway um, and Josh is like he has the letter in his hand and is trying to like confront her about this letter and she doesn't know what to do. And she sees Peter coming down the hallway and like launches herself into his arms and kisses him. Yeah. Which you know, the way that the movie did it was cute. Yeah. But I think that the way that, that it happened in the book would have been fun to see. Yeah. yeah. She just like it's literally described as she just like flings herself. <laughs> yeah. At him. Yeah. Yeah, you can imagine that moment in the movie of, 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 of like her seeing him, and you can do like a dramatic. And this this could play into the what we talked about earlier with the the surreal element of it. Yeah. It could play into like a slow motion, almost like a like a war scene. Yeah, like she sees him, and it goes into slow mo. She like oh, and looks around and sees Peter, and then like she's running, and like people are, like somebody falls, and there's like papers flying through the air in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they could play that up, and then she runs and jumps like an explosion went off behind her or whatever, and lands. And you could do funny element, funny stuff with it um, that 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 could heighten the moment, and then yeah. Could be could be fun. Uh, the movie made a lot of cuts. Um, obviously, it cut a lot of stuff with Josh. Yeah. It also cut two really pivotal scenes. Um, I think that were very important to Peter and Lara Jean's relationship. Um, that cut Halloween. There's yeah. a whole scene where they like dress up and go to school, um, and it skipped um, the estate sale. So in the book, Peter's mom runs like a like a resale antique shop, mm-hmm. um, and at one point he has to go to an estate sale to try to grab up some like furniture before like the rival antique shop gets it, and she goes with him, um, and they have like this like little mini adventure together, and it's really cute. Um, that one honestly is the more important scene than Halloween, I think. Now that I'm thinking on it. Um, but to me, those were both important pivotal scenes in like the development of yeah. their relationship. Uh, Josh kisses Lara Jean in the book, hmm. um, which was kind of an important turning point for her realizing that she doesn't like him anymore. At least not like that. Yeah. And also a much better reason for Margot to be upset with Lara Jean at the end because um, she when the three of them are arguing it comes yeah. out that like peter's like you tried to kiss her yeah and i'm not cool with that yeah and then margo's like wait what? a minute hold the <laughs> Time fuck out, out. <laughs> what? uh something random that i enjoyed in the book were all the descriptions of lara jean's outfits uh she does look very cute in the movie but i don't think her clothes measured up to the descriptions yeah. that were in the book. There you go. Lots of adorable descriptions of outfits. <laughs> I was into it. Yeah. We get some, we get a little bit, they try to give us a taste of that in the movie with them talking about her boots in the first yeah. scene and that sort of thing. And she definitely wears different kind of quirky outfits at yeah. times. But And, um, oh, the, the hot tub 
plot yeah. thread we already talked about, um, but it was a little, sh- sh- sloppy. little sloppy. In the movie. A little sloppy. All right, let's move on. Better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. Now, I did say that I did not like her seeming like super like goo eyed over Josh right off the bat. But I do think that starting with a fantasy sequence yeah. is an interesting idea. It's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also liked her. The movie, like, just to imagining- clarify. Sorry, just to clarify that the movie is. Uh, or are you getting that? Oh no! Um, the in the movie, the fantasy scene. They're like, in case you haven't watched it or whatever, it's it's like a they're in a field and it's like a romance novel. Yeah, and type it's of thing. her and Josh. Yeah. Um, and I also I don't hate her imagining like fantasy versions of Josh and Peter, um, which happens in the beginning. The movie doesn't follow yeah. through with it, but I'm hoping maybe that was purposeful. Yeah. That like as she starts to like live more in real life, yeah. she doesn't need the fantasy versions of them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I also liked I liked it as an indication of like when she starts to have feelings for Peter and like the fantasy fantasy version of Josh kind of just disappears. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's true. Um, I think aging up Kitty was a good call. Mm-hmm. She's around 11 in the movie. She's around nine in the book. Uh, and in the book, she's kind of bratty and annoying. Yeah. So even though she's kind of tropey, like to me, it was nice to have a character that was just fun oh, and she... like pleasant to watch interact on the screen all the, at all times. There's a reason those tropes exist is because they're fun. Yeah. And, and it's a fun trope. It is tropey and at times a little like, yeah, uh, but it it's fun. She's a fun character. Right. I I really liked her. And overall. like to I give just... an indication of how much they changed her character. So in the book, it, it is her that sent the letters. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah, it's Kitty who sent the letters. Yeah. This um, is the same. In the book. But in the movie, she does it because she wants Lara Jean to like get out there. Get out there, yeah. Live in the life. book, she does it out of spite because she's yeah. mad at her. Yeah. See, that makes sense. Like that feels like <laughs> that aged yes. character. Whereas her I'll being like that. her being like we're sitting here on a Saturday night watching Golden Girls, I canceled plans. You need to get a life. It's not a thing an eleven year old says to their older <laughs> like yeah, you know what I mean. But it, again, it is fun. It's yeah, it, it it's fun. Yeah. Um, I liked the plot point with Jen taking the scrunchie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is trivial enough to be something that would be a big deal in high school but i think it's also a good like visual cue mm-hmm. to come back to it's kind of sort of a smoke smoking gun yeah, kind yeah, of sort is. of a red herring yeah um we had a, a somewhat increased relationship with lucas who was her crush who turns out to be gay yeah um in the movie we get to hang out with him like at least a little bit more than we do in the yeah, book yeah in a few scenes yeah, yeah. although I, I did think that the movie kind of like glossed over that a little bit like all of a sudden he was like just hanging out with her and chris yeah yeah at I the thought end. That was, yeah well and, yeah even in that moment yeah or at the party he just like walks up and is like yeah hugging chris and I'm like all right i guess they're friends i don't know yeah whatever um, I also liked giving Laura Jean and her dad a scene together. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was sweet. It's not something that's in the book at all. Like the book doesn't really do much with like the father daughter relationship. Um, her dad's just kind of like in and out of various scenes. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was sweet. And last thing, 
big thing. And I don't think this happened in the movie. I did not notice it. In the book, Lara Jean often refers to Josh as Joshy, mm. which I think is supposed to indicate that they like knew each other as kids. Yeah, but it's so cringy. Yeah, that's that. I don't think I don't think that was one of those things that I don't think would persist. Yeah, in, into teenagedom. No. You know what I mean? Like, I even if you called. It may be with parents, but like I think with friends, like I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't. I don't think I had any friends who. There was nobody I was friends with that I had a weird like little kid nickname with that uh, that think. persisted. Yeah. Like that's like, like because Joshy is in particular like a little kid nickname. Yeah, it's very cutesy. It was. I cringed every time I read it, so I was glad that they didn't movie do that. In does the movie. not do it. Let's do it. Movie. What did the movie nail? Let's talk about it. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. A couple things. Um, the cupcake scene where she answers the door with flour all Making over her cupcakes. face. Making yeah. cupcakes. And then she gets <laughs> forced to go to a party. Yes. Yeah. That all plays out pretty much just right. Uh, Peter and Kitty's relationship now, it's obviously not exactly the same since they made some changes to Kitty, um, but they, they still have the same kind of like instant like connection, yeah, instant connection camaraderie, um, and the really relationship like is just like really cute. Yeah. And it is one of the very endearing things about Peter in the book as well as in the movie um, is his relationship with Kitty. Yeah. Um, now, this is kind of a like it is a thing that the movie nailed, but it also isn't. Um, so Lara Jean wears a necklace throughout the entire movie that's like a gold locket. Yeah, with I a noticed diamond it. Starburst. I definitely noticed it. Um, and that specifically is in the book. Um, but in the book, she doesn't have it yet. Mm. She like it's something at a store that she always admires. It's at um, Peter's mom's antique store, actually. Mm. Um, and then at near the end of the book, we find out that it isn't in the store anymore. Because her dad was going to get it for her for Christmas. And then he was like, oh, but it wasn't there when I went to go get it. So, so it um, yeah, I'm assuming that it shows up in one of the sequels and Peter's going to give it to her. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, if the movie. If they do anything yeah, if the movie she already like, has yeah, it. I know, she already has it. So, like, and I, I'm sure that was supposed to be, like, an Easter egg for book readers. Right. Um, like seeing her wear the necklace yeah. and like, I don't know for sure that it comes back in one of the sequels. Right. I'm just assuming it does since yeah. they made a point of like bringing it up at the end of the book. Yeah. All right. That was it for movie. Nailed it. We've got a few more odds and ends and then we'll get to Katie's final verdict. Katie. I have a few notes here. Mm -hmm. uh, early on in this movie and throughout, the audio quality was a little rough at times. I don't know if you noticed this. I didn't really notice I noticed it. this because I watched a lot of movies, in particular bad movies. Um, and this wasn't a bad movie. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there were some moments like the airport uh, when they're in the whatever, the terminal. Not, mm -hmm. you know, when they're sending Margot off on the plane. Yeah. Uh, some of those moments and some of the moments early on, the dialogue or the, the dialogue that was not perfectly picked up and the audio was a bit rough for a movie like this 
I would expect that more of a a much lower. I don't know what the, to be fair. I don't know what the budget on this movie uh-huh. was, but that that struck me more as much more of a a um, way indie film, like yeah. way super indie film Can type I, of thing. Were you watching it with? Um, I had headphones? headphones on for a while, okay, and I took headphones off, and I noticed it both. So, and you were watching it on the, your computer. I was right? on my computer. The first when I noticed it the most, I was wearing headphones. I had okay. my because I, I just nice watched headphones. it on the TV and I didn't notice. I have pretty nice headphones, and I noticed it most in my headphones. But I took my headphones off eventually and had just my speakers on my computer on and mm-hmm. i still noticed it at times a little bit um it wasn't as obvious but still uh, so that may, the headphones may have been part of it but it did feel a little eh, yeah not the best but um i had a note about uh this movie definitely suffers from like the they're in school but they're never in class oh yeah never literally <laughs> never. i don't think we ever see them in a <laughs> no. classroom ever um but the specific like thing where i first noticed it i was like damn how long are their lunch periods yeah. at this school because yeah. she goes like she's in the cafeteria and then like she wanders to the library and then she wanders outside to like the football field and i'm like i don't my our lunch periods when i was in high school were 20 minutes long yeah they were not long enough to wander all over minutes? the whole damn school yeah those were like 40 Really? I think. I feel like you went to school 30, in like a fantasy 40. land. I think they were like at least. We had minutes. twenty minute lunch periods, and we were not allowed to go outside. We couldn't go outside. We could go. We had a courtyard, like that mm-hmm. we could go into. From what we I remember, we did not have a courtyard, but we definitely could not go to the football field because it was like two blocks away. And we could potentially leave if you. I don't remember exactly how that worked. I. I know people used to be able to. I don't remember if we still could when I was in high school. Like go yeah, go to like, like get go lunch. get lunch. Yeah. When I was like a like freshman, seniors were allowed to leave yeah, during lunch, seniors, but they, they did away with that rule. See, like, I, while I felt I was like that was school. a similar thing, but I do not remember. Yeah. If anybody that's listening went to high school with me, I'm sure there's somebody. Uh, no, but we definitely had very short lunch periods. Ours, there's no way ours were 25 minutes, I don't think. I think ours were at least 30 minutes. Um, part of the problem was that my school was overpopulated. Hmm. And the... So had like eight lunch periods or whatever? Yeah, we had yeah. like five lunch periods because there were too many students. I think and we had three, so... no one would approve like a, a tax measure to get a new high school so our our cafeteria was tiny. Yeah. So we had 20 minute lunch periods. <sighs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I um, ate a lot of food really fast yeah, and I, and, and often did not eat at all because there was no time. There you go. That's not good. Thanks America. This is America. <laughs> Uh, my only other note uh, is just positive things. I I thought uh, Lana Condor, who plays Lara, I assume Condor's how you, I, it's spelled like the bird. I don't mm-hmm. know how you pronounce it, but um, I thought she was great. I honestly yeah. uh, like really. I thought all the acting, other than I think Jen, maybe at times was not mm-hmm. great. But I thought overall, although to be fair, in this the one scene in particular with Jen that I thought the acting wasn't good, her and Lana, I didn't think were good. Maybe it was just something in the scene wasn't working i don't know yeah um maybe the writing in that scene i don't know whatever. and that was the scene where in she the bathroom where she confronts bathroom. her it felt weird to yeah. me it just didn't feel natural like it was so much of the other acting felt really natural if not older than it was supposed to be but still yeah. felt really natural really really good i was like really blown away by her because i'd never seen her in anything before and uh peter the uh, the guy who plays peter mm-hmm. whatever uh kavinsky same thing a uh, little girl. everybody i honestly thought all the acting was really really good um 
It blew me away. And and like I ultimately I was just like, you know, it was, was like I said earlier, it's just a really sweet movie. Uh I think the acting really carries it. Like I think the writing is passable but not amazing was my kind of take on it mm-hmm. uh, over the course of the film like it had its moments of, of of good writing the overall adaptation or or the overall narrative was good not great mm-hmm. like good but not amazing um but but the acting and the scene to scene moments really kind of worked for me and i thought the two leads like their chemistry was so cute and so like well again yeah. it, I, I think it kind of count works counter their chemistry kind of works counter to the narrative I wanted or was expecting and how quickly their chemistry works um but overall like just as a, a fun rom-com like I, I I enjoyed watching the film and I and I I liked I liked I liked it like again it wasn't like a great movie like I wasn't like wow that was something mm-hmm. like to compare like so like sing Street because I was thinking about like trying to think of another like teen romance mm-hmm. like Sing Street I would say is like a masterpiece of a film whereas I would not remotely qualify this as like a masterpiece of a film mm-hmm. but I would say it is a, a good film but Sing Street uh the acting and it's really good but it's also just an incredibly brilliant script I think and like what they do with it is just really well done it's really tight and and just perfectly mm-hmm. executed whereas this one it's not perfectly executed but I think the acting is on par with anything in Sing Street and I think the um the performances are just as good uh it's just not quite as as well done of a story I think but. No I would I would maybe slightly counter that Sing Street isn't a rom-com the same way that this is a rom-com No true I absolutely true I I I yeah, it's not. But I'm thinking like it's a it's a teenage romance mm-hmm. comedy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not a rom com necessarily. It's like more of a musical rom com kind of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's if you haven't seen Sanctuary, go fucking watch Sanctuary. It's amazing. But uh, yeah, I, it, I was just trying to think of something else, you know, that but like that. But it is it was really sweet, and I was like, yeah, fun. It was a nice little movie. Nice yeah. little movie. But your my opinion doesn't matter. It's you. Final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterward. All right, so the movie was super cute, but I have to go with the book this time. Okay. Um, I think the book had just some extra stuff with, first of all, with just Lara Jean and Peter that I think allowed their relationship to develop in a way that felt a little deeper and like a touch more realistic. And I think the movie can slightly get away with it because of the chemistry of the two actors. But I also think if that element had not been present, this movie would not have worked as well. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Um, And the movie also had more with Josh um, and the dynamic between him and Lara Jean. You mean the book? Yes, the book had more with Josh um, and that dynamic and then the kind of love triangle, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, The book, I think, also did more justice to the relationship amongst the three sisters. Um, Movie did okay with Lara Jean and Kitty, but Margot kind of got shoved wayside. Yeah. Um, And then the book also showed them like fighting and teasing and sniping each other, just like spoilers actual sisters do. Yeah. Which we get a little bit with Kitty and Lara Jean. A little bit. But not much. Now, I, I did like the movie. I can definitely think of teen rom-coms that I like more. Yeah. But it was cute and it was fluffy and it was a pleasant way to spend an afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, too. If you really liked this movie, you will like the book. 
Um, like if you just watched the movie and you were already a big fan, it is well worth your time to check out the book. You're going to like it a lot. There you go. All right. That was it for to all the boys I've loved before. Katie, what's next? Wait. Before she does that, if you could do us a giant favor, rate and review us on any of the places that you download our podcast. I think mainly iTunes, mainly iTunes. Go to iTunes. Give us a five star review. Write a little review. We're up to almost 60 now. Nice. Doing pretty good. Uh, I think we were at 58 last time I checked, but that would be fantastic. You can also follow us on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Goodreads, Twitter, and uh, Reddit, technically. I'm posted a thing there but you can post if you go on to reddit you can post on our subreddit and be like oh i want to talk about this you can do that it's allowed uh i just <laughs> haven't posted on there in a while but you can um and if you do i'll see it and i'll respond um so katie what's next next we're doing a classic from our childhood we're gonna talk about holes yes we're going to have to figure out what to do about this because I've read this book three times. I yes. Think. <laughs> we're going to have to have somebody on who has not read the book. We're going to have to have somebody on. Yeah. Or we're just going to discuss it. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure out what to do about that because, yeah, I have read. Absolutely read this book. Maybe we can find uh, a fellow podcaster somewhere that we can call it. Have Colin who hasn't mm-hmm. read it. I don't know. I'm just thinking. I was going to ask Jenna if she's read it. Oh, Jenna, if she Jenna would work too. We could get <laughs> Jenna back. That would be fine. Because she's here now, so she yeah. can easily make a trek to the studio. Uh, and that would be fun. But yes, Holes, uh, the 2004 Shia LaBeouf. I don't know. I'm yeah. just guessing on the Somewhere, year. Shia somewhere LaBeouf in there. classic. <laughs> um, this will be interesting. Because yeah, I, I read the book first uh, several times, then saw the movie. I remember this was one of the, this was in my wheelhouse of when I was like, this isn't exactly like the book. <laughs> I think I still liked it, yeah. but I remember thinking like, Kip. Kip. I remember that at the time. I don't think I'll feel that way now, knowing how you know how I've changed. But um, <laughs> yeah, holes cool. That's up yeah. next. Uh, we'll have a prequel episode before then. And until that time, Ice Gals non-binary and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being awesome. awesome.